This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Navy says that each and every sailor aboard the USS Theodore Roosevelt is now being tested for coronavirus. That's after some additional service members tested positive for the disease late this week. Navy officials say the crew is being isolated on that aircraft carrier while it's docked in Guam. But as Federal News Network's Jared Serbu reports, it's still not completely clear how the disease landed on board in the first place. The Roosevelt was last in port about two weeks ago when the carrier visited Vietnam and sailors were allowed liberty. Officials say the risks appeared to be acceptable at that time because there were only 16 documented cases in that country and they're still not willing to draw a direct line between that port visit and the Roosevelt's cases since planes and helicopters have been moving to and from the ship since then. In any event, the Navy announced its first three cases aboard the Roosevelt earlier this week and medevaced all three sailors. Thomas Modley, the acting secretary of the Navy, announced yesterday that at least five more cases were diagnosed and evacuated throughout the course of the week, but he says the ship is still operationally capable if it needs to deploy. It will be pier side. No one on the crew will be allowed to leave anywhere uh, into Guam other than on pier side, and we are already starting the process of testing 100% of the crew to ensure that uh, got that contained. The sailors who have been flown off the ship are currently doing fine. None of them have been required to be hospitalized because their symptoms are very uh, mild. Um, they're aches and pains and those types of things, sore throats, but nothing that required hospitalization. So they're in quarantine now on Guam. Modley says the ship already has 800 test kits on board, with more being flown to the carrier on Thursday. The vessel does have its own testing facilities on board, but some of the samples may need to be sent to shore-based labs in order to process all 5,000 sailors. As of Thursday, the Navy had a total of 133 confirmed COVID-19 cases, including 144 active duty members, 23 civilians, 16 dependents, and 19 contractors. Overall, the Defense Department reported 574 cases. That's 159 more than the day before and more than seven times the number of diagnoses it had recorded at the same time last week. To reduce the spread, the Pentagon announced an unprecedented stop to overseas deployments and training on Wednesday and implemented new health protection measures for all of its worldwide bases. General James McConville is the chief of staff of the Army. We're continuing to train mission essential uh, personnel Uh, But really what we're trying to do is we're trying to balance protecting the force so we can protect the nation. And then and each commander is, is taking a look at the critical missions that they have to determine just how much training they have. But regardless of where we're training, we're putting in effect uh, what I would call almost a, a safety bubble type mentality. Uh, so we're training squads and really we're looking at squads in, in below type level. We are keeping social uh, distancing, uh, and we, when we maneuver a squad, we usually have five meters uh, in between members, uh, just in case, you know, in, in a tactical situation because of the threat. And in this case, there's an invisible threat, but we still need to keep that distance, and there's soldiers that need to perform critical functions around the world, and they will continue to do that based on the commander's assessment of the threat to the force and the threat to the mission. In Korea, the Army has been able to limit coronavirus infections among military personnel to just a handful of cases by restricting people's movements, implementing social distancing, and strictly controlling access to installations, including temperature checks for anyone entering. McConville says officials are taking as many lessons as they can from that experience, but many of the practices are more difficult to implement at stateside bases, since roughly 70% of soldiers and employees who work there live outside the fence line. Your dependents have to limit exposure 
too. And that's what's the challenge is. And, and, and that's what we're trying to coach and, and, yeah, and get so, out there is because you can do perfect with, you know, with, with the soldiers, but the soldiers are living off post and they have dependents and dependents are exposing themselves. And yet you have a real challenge. It's much more challenging uh, in the United States uh, because there's things that still have to be done. Uh, we have soldiers uh, that have a mission. They've got to continue to train. They still have to do combat operations. And so, um, you know, but what you're really doing is mitigating risk. And that's what we're trying to do here. In the meantime, military officials are mobilizing their own medical capabilities to help augment the U.S. health care system as coronavirus patients add strain to civilian hospitals. Mobile Army hospital units from Fort Campbell, Kentucky and Fort Hood, Texas, will start setting up operations at the Javits Convention Center in New York over the weekend. A similar unit from Fort Carson, Colorado, is evaluating potential sites in the Seattle area. In both cases, they'll mainly be caring for patients who aren't infected with coronavirus. Lieutenant General Charles Flynn is the Army's Deputy Chief of Staff for Operations and Plans. The whole government approach is that they're going to put a couple thousand beds in there, but what they're really doing is they're taking pressure off the local and state health care system and moving patients into that facility so that uh, we can help those patients, because they're still going to have people with broken legs and car accidents and everything else that will need care for. Therefore, it just takes a lot of pressure off the local and state healthcare system to do that. So the idea here with the Corps of Engineers, with FEMA, and with the uh, state and local officials is to work in collaboration so that we can provide skilled medical professionals to take some pressure off the local and state healthcare system with our, with our Army professionals. The Navy is taking similar steps with its two hospital ships. They won't be caring for COVID patients, but the Mercy and the Comfort will deploy to Los Angeles and New York, again, mainly to handle routine trauma cases. We've accelerated the, the, the plan for Comfort. Uh, we had been originally been looking at April 3rd, but in all likelihood, she's going to be getting underway uh, this weekend. Uh, so hopefully she'll be there in New York by the early part of next week. I'm actually going to be going down there to the ship uh, either tomorrow or Saturday. Uh, so sometime after that, she'll be leaving. And it will all depend on her transit time and how well she's functioning on the, on the, on the route up there. But I would say within a couple of days of that. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. Check out Jared's story and all of our coronavirus coverage at federalnewsnetwork.com. Stay up to date on your agency's latest responses to coronavirus. Visit our special resource page at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.